to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. The Rockets' season comes to a disappointing end. The final score in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, 101-92. to And, RG, we talked about this the last time we did a post-game show, which was after Game 5 when Chris Paul went out. It was just one of those things where I thought we won the war or won the battle but lost the war with without Chris Paul. And, and as I texted you before the game, when I heard Chris Paul wasn't playing at all, I just thought it's not going to happen. It's too tough to beat the defending champion, four All-Stars, two MVPs with James Harden and a bunch of guys that were going to be really tired after playing four games in seven days. If they had had Chris Paul for tonight's game, I really feel that they would have won the game. I just feel like with his mid-range game, the way that he was able to take over in the third quarters, keep the games close, it would have been a case of uh, the Rockets maybe pulling off what would amount to an upset over the defending champs in seven games. But, you know, I mean, I still thought the Rockets valiant effort. They they had the 11-point lead at the half, and again, they were just – spending it on both ends of the floor, expending all their energy. And, you know, let's not let's look at the one thing there where they missed 27 consecutive three-pointers. I mean, they were 7 of 44. Yes, you have to credit the Warriors' defense and the way that they played, but you also have to say, I mean, there's just some bad luck there. I mean, no question about it, where you missed 27. I mean, you just can't have that bad a shooting night even if you try. So there are just some things that just didn't go the Rockets' way. Uh, you know, a lot of people point to the referees in the game, too. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's it's just tough to take. It's very tough because, you know, when you have a 65 win team, when you have a player like Chris Paul, when you have a player like James Harden and they're kind of like Chris Paul is indefinitely in kind of the twilight of his career. He's got a few seasons more, but he's a mid, he's in his mid 30s now. And to see him go down that way, just really disappointing. It's really disappointing kind of when you know that you're almost to the NBA Finals. The Rockets haven't been back since 1995. You have that opportunity. It's there for you. It's in your home building. I know it's against the defending Warriors, uh, defending champion Warriors. They're a great all-time team. They're going to their fourth consecutive NBA Finals. They'll most likely win it. I, I don't think either one of us thinks that Cleveland has much of a chance against them. Uh, that would be a monumental upset. So, uh you know, you just have to credit the Rockets for their season, but just the disappointment, like with Chris Paul going out and just, yeah, I mean, that just still, it sticks sticks in the gut. It's like being, you know, it's one of the worst kind of times in Houston history to see a team go down this way just on the cusp of the finals. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to circle back to a couple of things that, that you mentioned, but uh, definitely I want to circle back to the referees' points. But let, let me just talk about uh, one of the things, when you miss seven of 44 three-pointers, Again, they played the fourth game in seven days, and you you had a shortened rotation as it was without Luke Mbamute. The reason why the Rockets were considered contenders to beat Golden State was not just James Harden and Chris Paul. Of course, you start with those two guys, but it was the addition we thought at the beginning of the season of Trevor. You had Trevor Reza or add to Trevor Reza with Luke Mbamute. And P.J. Tucker. I mean, you just can't, by the way, can't say enough. I mean, we've said it over and over again, but P.J. Tucker, another outstanding game, was giving you everything that he could out on the court. But th- this was a, a team that had a rotation of a lot of guys going into the playoffs. But once you get to Golden State, there's only so many guys. There's guys you're going to have to take out of that rotation. We knew that Nene couldn't be in the rotation. We knew that Ryan Anderson couldn't be. You saw what, what happened when Ryan Anderson was out there in Game 7. Uh, Steph Curry, you know, he's crossing him over and shooting threes over him because he's just not – he doesn't have the athleticism to stick with him around the three-point line on the switches and, and, and those sorts of things. So when you look at the way the Rockets were built, they were built to beat this team, but they had to be healthy. They had to be healthy. You have to have everything go right when you're trying to beat this team with four – again, four All-Stars – two MVPs, three of the greatest shooters that ever lived, one of the best defensive players we've ever seen in an NBA uniform. Love him or hate him. Most people hate him, but that's what Draymond Green is. And, you know, you circle back to another thing about this series and another thing about the Rockets. You keep going back and back to this over and over again. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to put this, you know, series on Chris Paul, I mean, on James Harden uh, because Chris Paul was out, but James Harden, Two for 13 from three in game seven. The biggest game of the series, obviously. But it wasn't just that. It was game three, four, 
five, six. You just didn't see James Harden do anything. He was 24.3% from three for the series. He missed 59 three-pointers, 11 more than any player has ever missed in a playoff series. And he's doing the same things that we've seen him do over and over again against Golden State, which you can't do. You can't just do this one-on-one or one-on-five. Uh, you know, they call it the one-five uh, set. You can't do this against Golden State because eventually, you know, his legs get worn out. You're not going to make those shots when everybody's focused on you and it's the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. And until it's like James Harden's like, it's like he runs into a wall every year thinking at one point the, the brick wall is going to come down and the brick wall is just not going to come down. You got to figure out a way to get around the brick wall. You just got to. Of course, the finger is going to be pointed at James Harden because, look, Chris Paul, he, he pretty much won games four and game five. They kind of put the rockets on his shoulder. He's a leader. And then James Harden in game six and game seven. But even you mentioned the other games in this series. Uh, that That's just how he, you know, he needed to be able to step up. He needed to be able to come in and, and you know, put the team on his shoulders. And he did play better on defense this series. I'll grant him that. He was much more effective on the defensive end. He, you know, he had his moments, but he didn't he didn't do the things that were necessary. What you expect of a superstar like what LeBron James was able to put the team on his shoulders and carry them to the NBA finals against their Eastern Conference uh, opponent, the Boston Celtics. You know, that's why you're seeing the Cavs and the Warriors again. They know how to win. They know how to close out. And uh, I just looking to the future, getting back to what you said about like, that's why they put this team together and Chris Paul and James Harden. I mean, that's almost the worry here because you're you're talking again about about James Paul, excuse me, about James Harden and Chris Paul and James Harden. He's done this year after year in the postseason. So you, you almost have to look. You were looking for that second star, which Daryl Morey went out and got in Chris Paul. And again, if he's healthy. But I, I saw him in Los Angeles. I saw this when, when Chris Paul was with the Clippers. I mean, anytime you you just almost have to feel like that there's he's just an injury away. I mean, it's just unfortunate. It's just the story of his career. But for him to get through a, even a postseason, that's two. That's basically two consecutive months without getting injured. It just it's very hard to imagine. I mean, look, he missed 20 games during the regular season. The Rockets rested him. They had him completely rested for the playoffs, and he tears a hammy. And so now, if you're Dale Morey, what do you do about this? You know, this guy's. Of course, you have to sign him. Of course, he's been great for the Rockets. But you, you have, looking at it, you have to understand that James Harden might uh, – he's as great of a regular season player as he is. He's going to be the MVP. There's always something in the postseason that comes up with him. You need that second star out there. Eric Gordon was doing his best. But it just – it gets back to, you know, how are you going to construct this team in the future? And you have some con- contractual problems, which gets back to the whole thing about you had the chance to win your seventh game – of the NBA Finals at home, you know, excuse me, an NBA uh, Western Conference Finals at home, you have a chance to win and go on. And it, I know, I mean, the Rockets had a great season, and uh, kudos to them for getting this far and doing that and stretching that champs out. But it's just, it just really hurts. It really stings. And it's like probably a lot of people right now are reaching for their liquor cabinets because it's really, it's really hard to take. Yeah, you, you said a lot of things about the future, and and again, that's something I want to circle back to. But let, let's let's go back to what you said earlier about the officiating and. Uh, everybody was griping about it after game six. I don't understand the gripes that the Rockets lost by 29. The Golden State shot a total of two more free throws than the Rockets. I thought it was worse in game five when the, when the Rockets actually won because there was that stupid foul that they called on Trevor Ariza where, you know, Durant just runs into him and Ariza's got his hand straight up in the air, like 33 feet from the basket. And then there was a couple of bad PJ Tucker p- fouls, but this game was awful, and we knew it was going to be awful going into the game. Scott Foster was the head official, and this guy is awful. NBA players voted Scott Foster the worst official. I have no idea how this guy's officiating Game 7. Rockets had lost the last five playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. Uh, A couple of huge calls. There were three of them in the first half. Uh, Two of them would have led specifically to six points, and one of them cost you to cost you three so there was James Harden who gets fouled on two three pointers the guy guy you know he he goes up in the air I forget who it was but basically comes the guy comes out the defender and gets under James Harden crashes into him that's illegal it was called the previous game for some reason it's not called in this game there was another call exactly uh very similar to it except this is one of those ones where James 
you know, goes up to shoot and the guy hacks him on the arm when he's in his shooting motions when he's going for three. So there's six free throws that the Rockets should have had. You just say he makes five of those free throws. And then there was the moving screen, the terrible moving screen. I think it was, was Jordan awful. Bell. Yeah. Uh, and that cost you three points. So there's eight points right there. There's that one that James Harden made too, that three-pointer that they didn't call. They call all the time. I mean, it's just like where he's getting Clay Thompson, right? And that could have also been another – well, it was another foul on Clay Thompson, but – you know, you count the bucket on that one, too. And that's a swing in the game because that, that was in the third quarter, correct, when they were just getting that, that onslaught was coming. So, you know, all of a sudden you don't get that. And you, you get the foul, take it out of bounds, but the Warriors go and score on the other end. And then, again, it continues their rhythm, their role, and the Rockets don't get any points. Yeah, there was, there was another play with Eric Gordon where he's driving to the basket and two guys – basically hammer him i mean these this is stuff that it's not just rockets with red their red glasses on reggie miller and marv albert are going what's going on i mean he's they're they're pointing it out left and right and when hey when when the tnt is saying the rockets should get some calls and not golden state the defending champion then then you know something's wrong (laughs) you know of course we're gonna lament the officiating and that's a part of it and that didn't go the wrong usually you get the home cooking with a game seven right Usually it's the home team that gets those type of calls. And uh, uh, and instead, I mean, the the Rockets, like you said, just didn't get the calls there. And that's it's all just to me, it's it's just it's it's hard to take because, you know, you had this opportunity game seven. You have it on your home floor. But, yeah, with the officiating, with the missed threes and just the. You know, you had that hustle. And remember in the first and second quarter, I mean, the the Warriors were terrible. Look at Steve Kerr saying that was the worst first quarter I've seen. Like, team's terrible and we're, you know, we're still in this game. And it basically felt the same thing at the half. Hey, we've played awful this first half of ba- basketball. Steve Kerr telling his Golden State Warriors and, you know, you got to come out now and, and play the, with poise. And, and the Warriors did, and but the Rockets were spent and the Rockets just – kept hoisting up the threes and and that's a, again if you have a Chris Paul in there who can calm things down can, has the mid-range game can be another one who's a playmaker who drives to the basket plus you have to play all these players and like you said put all these other guys in the game like a Ryan Anderson who's usually not in there even a Joe Johnson who wasn't bad for the minutes that he was in there some of the things that he did but, you know, overall, you don't want to, you, you know, they were basically just coming in there. You know, usually you would have Chris Paul and, and, and Gerald Green would play maybe, you know, eight to ten minutes. If Gerald Green's shot's not falling, you know, you've said this in the past, too, you know, he's not worth it to be in there if, he's, if, he's, if his threes aren't falling. So, I mean, I know he has a lot of the energy and the hustle, and, and that's good to see. But he was also missing layups in this game. So when he, when he's not going offensively, when his game's not going offensively, but you have to play him 20 or 25 minutes. I mean, again, that's where like not having Chris Paul and then not having, like you said, Mabu Abute to go to because he can't shoot. He can just play defense. But I almost felt like in the third quarter, I put Mabu Abute out there because Ryan Anderson can't do anything. You might as well have the defense because everything that Golden State's doing, they're just sinking shots on their end. I mean, at least put some, another, you know, have somebody else guarding Steph Curry or, you know, switching on him than, than uh, having Ryan Anderson out there who can't guard. And I, you got to go to some of the stuff that, that Daryl Morey did that were, were mistakes. I mean, Daryl Morey, I love the guy. He's a wizard. Uh, he's done so many good things for the Rockets. He's put the Rockets where they are. That He's made them competitive each and every year. You know, he got you James Harden on and on and on. But the Ryan Anderson signing, he's going to pay for that for – for years, I mean, you're putting $20 million, which you could have put into some other role players. You could have extended the bench with better guys that uh, maybe more athletic, um, maybe two or three guys. So you, so you wouldn't be depending on Joe Johnson, who's towards the end of his career. Uh, you wouldn't have had to you know, go after somebody like Brandon Wright, who you end up having to release. And I'm going to I want to mention that in just a second. But I mean, that that was such a huge mistake. You know, Jeff Luno, he he's made some mistakes, too. Uh, but he's been able to overcome them because it's easier to overcome mistakes in baseball because there's so many more players and you're not limited by this salary cap. And one guy can just take down the whole house. He can make the whole thing fold in on itself. And and one of the moves that, that the Rockets did, and this was a very small difference, but they, they, they signed Brandon Wright, who was you know released in uh, February by, I think it was the Grizzlies. They signed Brandon Wright. So he's got some length and athleticism, but he's an older guy. At the time, they released Troy Williams. Now, Williams 
nobody remembers this guy, but because he, he was hurt the the entire season, but he came back at the end end of the year, and the Rockets had to release him to sign Brandon Wright. The Knicks pick him up. Uh, he plays halfway decent with the Knicks, but he plays. And he's got that athleticism and the length that you'd want against Golden State. He's a guy that uh, you could have used uh, as opposed to like a Ryan Anderson or old man Joe Johnson. So, you know, that's one of those things where I think Daryl, it's one of the mistakes that he made when you look at the way the league is constructed with guys like Ryan Anderson and Brandon Wright kind of they're on the outs these days. And and Brandon Wright, I think it just it's just too old. You know, Joe Johnson would have been fine 10 years ago, but Joe Johnson just couldn't help you much. Look, I, I agree with you on the Ryan Anderson as far as the Troy Williams. I don't even know if Mike D'Antoni would have played him and done that. It, even with Luke Mabuamuta, I mean, you didn't know that he was going to have these problems coming back from the injury and, and not being able to, to play up to his usual standards. And, yeah, you know, he just wasn't able to find his shot, and so I, again, there, there's just some, there's some bad luck with the Rockets here in the postseason, no doubt about it. Yeah, we, we didn't and, think they were, he was gonna have. He, we thought there was no way he would ever be playing Gerald Green in the playoffs a few months ago, but all of a sudden, it turned, when you have injuries and you're forced to, yeah. So, but I mean, if you're playing Gerald Green and Troy, I mean, you're not going to beat Golden State anyway if they have the roster intact. Okay, so it's just like that's. But they maybe it'll give you a few minutes in a game, but it's not like it takes a lot. I mean, you lost in game seven and what should have been a, it wasn't for the officiating and the missed threes <laughs> but but guess what the rockets have the rockets did not win a game since chris paul went down so the, the first five games of the series they were up three two with chris paul on the roster and playing sure. in the game sure so. it's a minor thing i'm just i'm just I, I'm just i'm just talking about you know this is just one of those little things that might have helped a little bit, but the Ryan Anderson thing, that that's a major deal. That that's Well, that's a major thing going forward, and I agree with you on that. It's a bad contract. I mean, the Rockets, I don't know what – I mean, he is a wizard. Daryl Morey is. I mean, more power to him if he can find out to do – you know, if he can be a Dumbledore and find out a way to, you know, move that thing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, a Gandalf-type wizard move here. I mean, just uh, – you know, because I mean, the guy, uh, Ryan Anderson, look, he hasn't even really been uh, this past season. I know he had the ankle injury and uh, wasn't up to speed. But I mean, he he gives you one thing. He gives you the three point shot. And a lot of times in Toyota Center, as we've noted over his career, he hasn't shot well there. He hasn't been giving you a three point uh, shot. Uh, he, you know, he's not very good defensively. Uh, so he's somebody that really, you know, you you're paying $20 million to because you thought he would be perfect for the offense and D'Antoni system and be another guy who could be a shooter. But if he's not giving you that, if he's just sitting on the bench, I mean, it's really, I mean, that's your, like you said, that's just misallocated funds right there, money on a player on the roster. So, I mean, again, that's why to me, it's, it's disappointing with this game. I mean, I hate to keep going back to it, but you know, you look back, you have all these rocket teams like the Yao and the T-Mac teams. You go back to when Olajuwon and Barkley, and even when they brought in Scottie Pippen and Clyde Drexler towards the end of there. I mean, it's been 23 years since the NBA final and they get Daryl Morey's done a great job putting together this roster was to beat Golden State. And it's just, where do you go from this point forward? Because James Harden now is, you know, he's edging closer to 30. I mean, he's still in his prime. It's great. We, uh, the Rockets have a superstar player. We saw what life was like without a superstar player. But, you know, you have to, like, look at you're going to sign Chris Paul for some kind of contract length, but you can't give him really the max guaranteed for five or six years. I mean, he's just somebody that's you can't count on. That's just that's just the thing that's just sad about it. He's a great player. But he's just so fragile. He's so injury prone that just going forward, I just, you know, you can't you you almost look at him as like he's you got James Harden and you have Chris Paul. But Chris Paul's almost got to be the third or fourth best player on your team at this point in his career. You can't have him as a second, but he's going to command that max dollar amount. So how do you fill out your roster? What do you do? What are the moves that you make? The sad thing is you can't have James Harden as your first best player because this is what he does. Well, you can during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. No, you, yeah, you're right. You can during the regular season. But let me ask you this. I'm asking you, what do you, what would you do there? Like, would you sign Chris Paul? What do you go out and do for your, your other superstar player? Do you try to bring somebody else in? Like, uh, I mean, do you go hard after LeBron if he loses the finals in Cleveland as free agent? I mean, what do you do? I, 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 you didn't let me get there. That's where I was going next, LeBron James, because, you know, first of all, tip of the cap. Uh, guys, he's, he's a freak show. 
Uh, I can't believe he took that team. I, I, I said he wasn't going to do it. They had the worst defense in the NBA. We've never seen you know, a team be able to take the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in the NBA to the finals, although the teams that they, you, they beat, you know, they beat Boston without their two best players. Uh, you beat Toronto that shrivels up and, and dies with, uh, when LeBron James walks out on the floor. Uh, you beat Indiana, who was, you know, it's Victor Oladipo and a bunch of Joes. But I, I, I want to ask you about LeBron and, and Houston and, and give you a, a scenario. Now, the Rockets, because of the Ryan Anderson deal and because of you want to keep Chris Paul around, uh, you got Clint Capella, who's going to need a ton of money. Um, if you are the Rockets, uh, do you go to somebody like Cleveland? And, and if LeBron is interested, if he's sniffing around, if he doesn't want to have to carry a team totally on his back forever and ever and ever, like it seems like he's going to have to do in Cleveland, do you go to Cleveland and uh, go to LeBron and say, look, LeBron, come to Houston, and then you could go back and say to Cleveland, maybe, maybe we do a sign-and-trade with Capella and maybe you can somehow figure out some other way to weasel out of the Ryan Anderson. No deal. way I'm giving up Capella really for, I mean, I will you, get LeBron. You're not giving up Capella for LeBron James. I think, well, it's right now you're asking me emotionally coming off a of game seven, but I, I just love what Capella gives and, and does on, and you know, it, okay, well tell me your proposal. Are you saying that Ryan Anderson's in that deal too? Well, I'm figuring, I'm trying to figure out some way to, to get Ryan Anderson off your hands and maybe, maybe you could talk to Cleveland into taking him and you could get back Tristan Thompson and his crummy contract, but at least it's, it's not as bad as Ryan Anderson and Tristan. Well, Thompson. I think if LeBron's going to come to the Rockets, he's going to want to come with Chris Paul, James Harden and Clint Capella. Those would be the three guys. And he'd say anybody else on your roster. So that means they would might be, look, you might have to throw but in. You, an can't, you can't do that because Le- how you pay in those, if LeBron James knows, knows that how you pay in those four guys with what magic money, you, you can't. Well, I mean, isn't Clint Capella? So he has he's a restricted free agent, so he'll have to go out and sign a contract to see if the Rockets and somebody's going to offer him max money. Somebody's going to offer max money. Well, but then do you sign Chris Paul for max money? Does he take less because LeBron James could potentially come there? I mean, if LeBron comes, maybe he takes less. Yeah, maybe he takes less. So there's a way to maybe work it out. But to me, it's just like. Your first thing, whoa, there, because it's just like, he, look, hey, Clint Capella works really well with James Harden and the pick and roll and all that and during the regular season and just the way that was – with LeBron James, you bring him in. Again, if Chris Paul goes down or something happens, I mean, LeBron James and James Harden are durable players. I, I mean, I would just – I would, like, take those – or I mean, you're going to have to renounce contracts. You're going to have to do things that – with the Rockets, you know, in order to make that work. I mean, again, like guys like Eric Gordon, and you're, you're not going to be able to move the Ryan Anderson contact probably, but people will come and play with LeBron, you know, just for the sake of like, wow, look at this super team, like what they do with Golden yeah, State. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's what draw would be. Yeah, and, and trust me, like I, I mean, I said this earlier in the year, and people look at me kind of, you know, weird-faced or whatever, but it's not like I'm really excited – about trying to win with LeBron because it's like you got you. It's like you're having the cheat code. I mean, the guy's in the finals every year. He's the best player in the NBA. Look, if LeBron's on your team, there's a great chance you're going to get to the finals. It, it doesn't feel like you earn it. It feels like, hey, LeBron, he's on your team, so that's the only thing that matters, and he got you there. You know, you might give the organization credit because, hey, we built something that LeBron wanted to come to. But in another way, you, you're just like, I, I would like to try to win without LeBron. Or without, you know, gun for hire, Kevin Durant, who goes over to play with all the other championship guys. You would like to win without those kind of guys. You'd like to win with guys that, you know, you felt like, you know, we're, we're going for that first championship. You know, might might have a little bit of an underdog quality to them. Like, it's not expected for them to, to win. Well, guess what? I mean, forget about it. I mean, look at it. That's like, look at like, would you rather be uh, in, uh, in, in, in San Francisco, Oakland area tonight and, and cheering on the... If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, the fact that you're going back to the NBA Finals again and that you have Kevin Durant on your team and who made some critical differences down the stretch, or you know, would you rather be like, oh, well, hey, it could have been if it was just Klay Thompson who had to sit on the bench and then Steph Curry, you could focus all on him and, and Draymond Green like having to hoist up threes, but you don't have Kevin Durant there for the you know stretch. I mean, then the Rockets are going on in this, but that's not how the NBA works. A lot of times it's like, you know, hey, you know, the Yankees don't make any apologies for their championships. They went out and, you know, I mean, of course they had the core four, but they would always go out and get certain players that, you know, they would add to it. I mean, great teams in history with, 
you know, uh, the Lakers, of course, had Magic and Kareem and Worthy, but then always added to it, you know. And uh, yeah, but you, you just you just mentioned you mentioned two situations where they had built all of these things like in, inner inner work guys, like they drafted Magic. Now, that, well, I, that, I look at that with the Rockets, though, too. I mean, it's like they built something, you know. I mean, we're here with, uh, but I mean, really, if you want to look at it, they kind of which guy did they draft? Capella. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, if you kind of look at what Daryl Morey's done, then I, I mean, if, to your point is like, oh, I want to win it with these guys. Well, they got Harden from Oklahoma City. They got Chris Paul from the Clippers. They've gotten, you know, like you said with Clint Capella. So it's like going out and getting LeBron James. It, it still won't feel any different than having any others. I mean, yeah, he goes to the finals every year, but he's also been coming out of the Eastern Conference every year. If he was in the Western Conference. Going up against, he would have been ousted in the second or other. You know, give him credit for coming out of the Eastern Conference, but it's significantly weaker than the Western Conference. Uh, the years with San Antonio, the years with, uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors have been a dynasty here for the last four years. I mean, does anybody expect uh, the Cleveland again to, to win a championship here? So, uh, I mean, it would to me, that would be a greater upset than the Rockets winning against Golden State. I mean, everybody thought that this was a championship. It was kind of similar to the uh, Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers. And if, uh, you know, if Buffalo had somehow upended the, the Cowboys, right. You know, it's like, let me go back to what you were talking about as far as the Rockets go. And uh, yeah, the Rockets have, uh, yeah, they, they, but they did. Okay. Here's the deal with the Rockets. They, they, they didn't, they don't have these homegrown guys, but they went out and got the guys that are on the team right now are guys that they went out and got when the value was down. Look, James Harden, wasn't a superstar when the Rockets traded for him. So the Rockets get, it's, it's a different story of getting LeBron James in his prime, best player maybe ever, as opposed to getting James Harden. Chris Paul, his value was down after with, with the Clippers. People thought you couldn't win with Chris Paul. You couldn't even get to the Western Conference Finals with Chris Paul when the Rockets dealt for him. So this is this was more of a, a home-built thing. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would be, oh, I'd be happy maybe if I was in another city. But I've I've watched these other teams that are kind of bought and paid for teams like Miami Heat. I I didn't want I wouldn't have wanted to be a Miami Heat fan, frankly. I don't I don't care if they win the championships. To me, it was like, uh, what did you guys do to build this? You you guys drafted Dwayne. You, you got lucky to get Dwayne Wade. And by the way, you got, all that matters is winning a championship. Look, it's great. Uh, it, it matters. Look to you. All that matters is winning to champion championship. And to other people, it might all matter to win a champ. I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not speaking for anybody okay. else. I'm speaking for Robert Land. And, and, and uh, you know, to me, I, I just like winning a championship where you, it, it, the NBA feels like, you know, you know, most of the time it just feels like teams, there are certain players that are destined to be in the finals every year. I mean, look, there, how many finals uh, in the last 20 years? I think it's like one that hasn't had either LeBron James Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan. I mean, it's it's an incredible statistic. I mean, when you go back and look at the Eastern Conference the last eight eight or nine years, every team that has gone to the finals has said LeBron James. So it, it does feel like the whole thing is weighted one way towards one guy or two guys or three guys. Yeah, that's the case. But to me, the real fun in sports isn't being the overdog, isn't being the gorilla, the Godzilla Goliath is no fun. It's fun being David. Wasn't it fun during Clutch City when you were the sixth seed and you and you and you won the championship? Even when you were the two seed back in '94. Well, I think you're speaking for Robert Land because I'm of the opinion of like you do what you do to win a championship. You go out and you win. And yeah, it's great if you have the homegrown prospects in the organization or if a Rudy T who played for the Rockets was also the coach on the Rockets and oh Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler getting champion. I mean all that's great in storybook now. But hey, you know life's not fair. We saw that Yao Ming fractures a bone in this. Would have been a great story if Yao and the Rockets were able to come. Instead, it's the Lakers that go back and the Lakers get Pau Gasol and the Lakers win championships with Phil Jackson and Kobe again and all of that. And you know, I mean that's just how things are. It's just like the Miami Heat. Everybody's oh, it's like they go, but they hey they have those championships. Everybody's going to look back on those teams, great teams, the Miami, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. So, hey, if LeBron James, I mean, what the Rockets have built here, they got to the seventh game of the Western Conference Finals against a great Golden State team. If, if LeBron James is the guy that takes them over the top, but still they've built this team, they've built this organization, they're attractive, they've got a great team 
I take the championship because that's all anybody cares about in the end. I mean, look at even Michael Jordan in his great day. You know, he was always like getting a Dennis Rodman to come in. He had Scottie Pippen at his side. You know, I mean, I know they, the Bulls drafted Scottie Pippen, but a lot of the guys that they would bring in every year from year to year. I mean, they were, all you know, guys that just wanted to come and play with Michael Jordan. So. Uh, uh, you had again, it's just like to me, it's I know it's LeBron. He's the greatest player of the NBA, but he's also getting older, too. So you're taking that risk. You know, there's good father time catches up with everybody, too. So and, and the Western Conference is tough. It doesn't mean automatic like stamp run to the finals there. If, Le, if LeBron James comes to the Rockets, because there's still I mean, hey, OK, LeBron and, and Kevin Durant, maybe they cancel each other out. J James Harden and. Uh, Steph Curry cancel each other out. Then you have Chris Paul and Clay Thompson cancel each other out. So then it still gets back to like who constructs the better roster around those players, right? The Draymond Green and Clint Capella uh, cancel out, right? So you have those four players. So it had to house the rest of the rock, and that's where Daryl Morey can excel. That's where Daryl Morey can make a difference. So hey, I just say do whatever you can to go get like a LeBron James, improve the roster. Your time to win is now. The time to win. I mean, the Rockets, they aren't a team that's you know building and trying to win five years from now and acquiring draft picks doing that their time to win their window is right now it's the same time as the golden state warriors and, and that's that's unfortunate and again the, this year too it's like you look at the eastern conference you got cleveland over there that it, it's like lebron and a bunch of like castoffs and uh, <laughs> that have made it to the finals. And then you have, uh, you know, Boston that was without like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum as a rookie. And a, a, again, like a great coach team by Brad Stevens. But I mean, that's a team that's, you have to feel like, oh, that's going to be a much tougher team. So even if you get out of the Western Conference next year, you aren't going to have the patsy. It could be Philadelphia. It could be uh, Boston. You know, who, who, you know, even a Milwaukee, they had a second star or whatever. I mean, you just don't know. The Eastern Conference is going to get better, I, I would, don't you think? I mean, it's going to be much tougher, I think, to beat an Eastern Conference team. I mean, I'm looking at that Boston team. It looks really good to me. So it's like that was why this year – you know, was was really big for the Rockets. But if you're looking ahead, that's why I think over the like Daryl Morey, he's cashed in all the chips. He's put everything out there. He went and signed Chris Paul. He's got James Harden. The Rockets are under contract with James Harden. They need to win right now with James Harden, you know, as he's in his prime. And stuff. so you surround him with the best players and talent possible. So to me, as soon as July 1st rolls around, if, if LeBron James is thing entertaining Cleveland, Cleveland, going someplace else, Hey, uh, find a way to get him to the Rockets. You and everybody else would love to see it. And, of course, I'm, I'm, if it happens, you know. Well, well let I'll, me I'll ask see. you this. Let me ask you this so you can answer it. If you, I mean, I know you, you've said that, but if not LeBron, then who would you bring in? Because you just can't bring back the same cast. What, what I'm telling you is that Chris Paul, you can't you, – you, you acknowledge that this team needs another star player. Stop right there. I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to address. If, if they don't get LeBron, I don't think there's anybody else that – really can put them over the top because you're right. You, you can't depend on Chris Paul to make it through a playoffs and be healthy. And, and, and James Harden, uh, we've seen what he does in the playoffs every year. So yeah, they're, 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 it's, it's, you know, at this point I'm looking at the situation and going, okay, I guess we got to get LeBron because uh, we're screwed otherwise. And you're right. This team is old. It's getting older. You talk about, uh, you know, if you want to, you talk about the, the age of, uh, um, some of the other teams, uh, you know, like Golden State's getting older or whatever, but the Rockets are the oldest team in the NBA pretty much. And they've still got to re-sign Trevor Ariza uh, and figure out how to fit Hey, well, that's in. a good thing for LeBron. LeBron likes to play with old guys. So, I mean, hey, the Rockets have that going for them. And they still got to sign Luke Mbamute because he's going to be a free agent too. And you got to figure out a way to hold on to Chris Paul. And, and like I said, I don't – I mean, if you get LeBron, you know – you can you can want Capella RG all you want, you know, but I, I just don't see I don't see a, a path to keeping Capella unless Chris Paul is going to take next to nothing. That's that's your only choice if you want to get LeBron. That's it. I mean, you, you Capella is, is, is walking out the door. That's why I'm saying go ahead and do like a sign and trade. So Cleveland, who's going to have to rebuild and, and get Capella at, uh, you know, and, 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 and get and you get Tristan Thompson back because that is no, a no, no. Wait, wait a second. Is there some way that maybe you could? I mean, I hate to do, it, but if you have a way of getting LeBron, is there a way of trading? Let's say if you if you're if, if you, uh, you know, a team that might want like uh, again, I, I haven't looked at all the contract situations here, but 
uh, let's say an Eric Gordon, who's, I mean, remember they were talking about that with the Knicks, right? With the, but it would have been for Carmelo's contract coming. You're back, trying to was... fit four maxes on your LeBron, Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella. They're all getting max money. I don't money. think they're all going to be, I mean, well, I mean, I guess Clint Capella will get offered max yes. money somewhere. Yes. yes. But, that's going to happen. But I mean, both both LeBron and Chris Paul could take less for a year, just you know, sign a one year contract again and reevaluate things after a year. Just yeah, I, I mean, I w- I would think that you know, because if they want to win at this point in their time in their careers, they want to win championships. But I also know that the money's important too. Let's not uh, forget about that. And Chris Paul passed that up. So, uh, you know, I I just uh, again, I mean, I would have I just do not want to get rid of Chris. Cap- Clint Capella because he's just such a unique you need to have that defensive presence you need everybody's to, with you everybody's with you on that we're, we're all well with I'm you. just saying I would I would try to find some way and be creative about that and I maybe LeBron James says look I'm not coming to the Rockies of Cleveland because then you don't have who's your center who's RG, the guy that you RG don't forget you're all you're talking about four max guys and you still have Ryan Anderson and and what if I mean how many first rounders are you gonna have to give away to get you know the next 14 first rounders to somebody take Ryan Anderson off your hands I don't know how you get rid of him again i mean daryl Morey's going to have to be creative about it and somebody's going to have to take less money you're right but i just i don't i mean if you want to win a championship with the way that the rockets and they're you know i almost everybody else on the roster but i feel like a james i really even feel like a james harden and a uh clink clink if you were asking me i mean i know that they want chris paul bag and that's his best friend and doing stuff but i would rather go with those two and try to get a LeBron or somebody else because it's like, like I said, Chris Paul's only getting older. He's injury prone. And we know that, you know, he's in the future here. If you're just looking at things analytically, if you're looking at what the Rockets front office tends to do, of course, because they're uh, one of the Daryl Morey uh, forerunner MIT a- a- analytics. And, you know, if you're looking at things, I mean, to sign a player. Can I stop you right there before you get into analytics and, well, I'm Chris saying Paul. 33, 34 year old player signing to a long term contract is just it's, it's the reason why LeBron James would want to come to Houston is because he's close friends with Chris Paul. That's the reason. Yes, I understand that. But uh, I'm just saying that that's if you're looking at it from long term contract standpoint, you know, that that's that's it's not a good deal to sign somebody like a Chris Paul to a, to maybe a, you know a two or three year contract but you're talking about five years max money i don't think he's gonna i don't know if he's getting five years max money but he's gonna get at least a couple two or three years of close to max if not max money it's gonna it, you i mean that's just that's bottom oh, but line who else, okay who else is out who else is out there if you want to keep this team together and add to it who else is out there that you would go nobody that's gonna be that's gonna help well, you get there's the how i leonard he's available from the spurs they've said that you know so i mean that he's might be available via trade but i mean i doubt that the rockets have what they, you know can return to the spurs there in a trade yeah you want somebody else with an injury history that's going to come to the rock i mean i don't no thanks well but he's at least he's much he's significantly younger than than chris paul i'm saying there are guys out there that might be and, available and, and I don't, I, no look the spurs haven't said quiet leonard's on the block no they're, 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 that has not been said uh there's rumors no, but there's it's, it's, Pretty much like the reading that he leaves that he could be available here in the off season. So yeah, we'll 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 see how that goes. But I I don't know if that's I don't you know I just don't know if that's going to be enough. And I I don't count on the Spurs wanting to deal with the Houston Rockets and, D- and Daryl Morey. I just don't see that happening. And I don't know what are you offering for Kawhi Leonard? I mean the Rockets don't have any assets. I mean the teams with assets or teams like Boston and Philadelphia and some of those teams. Look, the Rockets don't have the assets to offer for. For, you're not getting anybody in a trade. You don't have the assets, period. End of story. I haven't studied that much. I don't. They're, the only guys that you need to study are LeBron James. Look, Kawhi Leonard's forget it. Well, Paul George is a free agent, Paul, too. Paul George is a free agent that's going to want to go out to L.A., and he's going to want him, and he's going to want, he's also going to want max money. Well, I mean, I think the big decision you have to ask yourself, it, look, if you were the if you were the Rockets general manager right now, would you sign Chris Paul for the next few years wanting max money? Let's say he wants a four-year contract. Would you do that? What you would have to do is be creative. I think I would front load his contract and maybe maybe do a three- or four-year I Look, I, I mean, it's it's too hard for me to figure out the accounting. I don't know what to, – to me, the biggest thing is you got to figure out a way to get rid of Ryan Anderson. I mean, that's – and 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 like I said, he's going to have to give away some first round picks, multiple first round picks, to get rid of Ryan Anderson because I don't know how else you do this. I mean, there's, they've got too much money. 
tied up into Ryan Anderson, and then you're going to have a ton of money tied up into Clint Capella. They're going to go deep, deep, deep into the luxury tax, and they might not get themselves even an iota better as far as talent goes next year. I mean, I, I just don't know what you do. It's, it's too hard. Um, I, I, you know, we could talk. We're going to we could continue on the offseason talking about the, the future, but I, I do want to end, RG, with we got to just finish up on the Rockets this, this year. And, uh, you know, as I said uh, at the, near the end of last show, I said, look, if, if this team doesn't win six and seven because Chris Paul is out, this was still it's an extraordinary year. What they were able to accomplish, the best record in the NBA. Everybody said James Harden and Chris Paul couldn't work together. These guys loved each other. This team, it was, it was as tight knit as any team in the NBA, including Golden State or anybody else that you can think of. This team was had as, as about as good a chemistry as anybody in the NBA. I got to tip my cap to Eric Gordon, who comes out and, and, and plays like crazy during the Golden State series. He wasn't always hitting his shots, but he was giving you maximum effort. He picked it up as the series went along. I got to tip my cap to Trevor Ariza, who year in and year out, I, I, you, you can never say Trevor Reese is not giving you everything he's got, every single play. He plays with guts. You never think, oh, Trevor Reese, he doesn't have the courage to take the shot. Trevor Reese has absolutely no fear. I love having Trevor Reese on the team. I hope this isn't the, isn't the last time we see Trevor Reese in a Houston Rockets uniform. I got to tip my cap to Gerald Green. You know, we talked about it ad nauseum this entire season. What an incredible story this is. This is a kid that's from Houston. He grew up here his whole career. He wanted to play for the Rockets. He had like a cup of coffee for a game, you know, 10 years ago. He's bounced around the NBA. He's sitting on his couch. He's just spent, you know, August and September going around in a boat, rescuing people during Hurricane Harvey, uh, just doing everything he can for this city, for this community, uh, not just during the hurricane, but afterwards. I mean, Gerald Green loves Houston. It's written on the tattoos on his body. He comes in with a jersey. It's an Elijah one one day. It's a Earl Campbell the next day. It's Robert Ory the next day, you know, and on and on and on and on. I mean, th- these are guys that you love rooting for. And P.J. Tucker, I mean, what can you say? To me, he out Draymond Draymond, like I said in the last show. This guy was an unbelievable on defense. His toughness was surreal. Uh, he played better than Draymond uh, in this series, which I thought he would need to do. Uh, rebounding, you look at the plus-minus after the games. When P.J. Tucker would go out of the game, the Rockets would they, they would lose on the plus-minus. When he was in the game, they were tough to beat. His toughness, his physicality was incredible. I mean, R.G., what can you say about this team? It's tons of guys that are easy to root for. I mean, the hardest guy to root for sometimes is, is James, but... You know, James picked up his defense this year. He picked up, uh, you know, he did some of the things that we we weren't expecting him to do this year, and he was the MVP. So I, I can't argue with that. I just wish against Golden State in the playoffs, James would learn there's some things that you can do in the regular season you can't do against Golden State in the playoffs and win. And and it, that's the only complaint. The rest of the guys, the rest of this team, and Mike D'Antoni, uh, just fantastic. I mean, just Clint Capella, we already talked about, but I mean, from top to bottom, I love this team and I couldn't have been more proud of the way they played, just like I was with the Astros last year. Yeah, except the Astros won a championship. That's why we're all so depressed, like talking about this game to, with the uh, the game seven at the end of the Rockets season. I mean, of course, it's they've had a tremendous season. It's just the kick in the gut to end it. But what you just said there, it's all true. I mean, James Harden MVP season was tremendous. Uh, Mike D'Antoni coaching job. This is the best Rockets regular season team ever. The only time they've ever had the number one seed in the playoffs and home court throughout. Uh, Even in the championship years, they weren't able to achieve that. Uh, So it's just it's a a testament to how great this team was. Let's not forget how great they were. They just lost to an even better team which is the golden state warriors who've won two out of the last three championships might have three out of the last four when this is all said and done and they're still in a a a dynasty they're building a dynasty they already have a dynasty they're the best basketball team you know right now and uh, over the last few years so it's just it's tough but you have to credit the Rockets. And again, the way that uh, Daryl Morey's built the organization, Mike D'Antoni, he's really had a rapport in this stint as his Rockets coach with his players. And uh, they're, they're fun to watch, uh, you know, uh, because of the way that uh, 
again, you have a Chris Paul, a James Harden, a PJ Tucker, uh, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella, you know, can go on and on. You guys who are easy to root for. But again, it's uh, it's just tough to see a season end. I mean, all of a sudden you're going and you're thinking about the NBA finals and then, you know, you slam on the brakes. That's basically what happened here. It's the end credits cub. You know, it's like watching a movie and it's like, OK, guy, it's already over. Wait, weren't we going to see some more? There's nothing there. It's like you're watching the end credits and the rocket season rolling in the rearview mirror. And that it's just, that's what's just hard to take. It's hard to see all this magic, all this uh, great season, this euphoria come to an end. And with the with the Astros, why it was so great to finally win a World Series and have that. And it's because you could just keep celebrating it over and over again. You were the last team standing. And now you got to, uh, I don't know, for, for me to watch the NBA Finals again with Golden State and Cleveland, there's not a the, uh, great desire there. Also because of losing watching the Rockets lose to Golden State, too, and knowing the Rockets could have been there. But it is what it is. Congratulations to the 2017-2018 Rockets. And uh, you know, hope that uh, coming back next year, that can be a, a better team and, and finally break through and get to the NBA Finals next year. Last couple of things I want to say. Chris Paul, which I didn't mention, but I wanted to save him for last. You know, we could talk about you know, Chris Paul getting older and the cost of keeping Chris Paul and on and on and on and on. I have absolutely loved watching Chris Paul. This is a guy that I've loved his entire career, the way he plays, uh, the heart that he shows, uh, the unselfishness on the floor. And there is nothing that the Rockets could have done this year. Uh, they couldn't have been this great. There's, this couldn't have been the season that it was without not only Chris Paul's talent, but the chemistry that he brought to this team from the moment he was signed, bringing those guys together together getting together in one place, working on the chemistry, making sure that that was a big part of what this team was about. Uh, He made the James Harden thing work. Uh, He made the whole chemistry with this team work. Uh, He brought the heart. Um, as As I said during the last show, when I was watching this Rockets team with Chris Paul in games four and five, I felt like I was watching Rocky because, you know, it just reminded me when you, you see Golden State and the defending champion, dynasty, uh, one of the best teams we've ever seen constructed at any point in time. Everybody said going into the series outside of Houston that the Rockets were going to lose. They're going to lose in four games. They're going to lose in five games. You know, this is not going to be a series. It's Golden State. Who cares about what the Rockets did? That's the regular season. This is a postseason. All I know is when I was watching this season and as a lot mo- and this series, especially because of Chris Paul, I was reminded, I'm going to go back to Rocky, uh, as I posted during this Game 7. You know, it's that moment in Rocky where uh, Rocky has hit Apollo and hit Apollo early in the fight, and Apollo goes back to his corner, and his uh, guy in the corner says, hey, he doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight, and that's what the Rockets brought. They brought a damn fight. They didn't think this was a show. They thought it was a fight. They gave it everything that they got. Um, especially without having Chris Paul and Luke Mbamute, they put it all out on the line. And I, you know, I one more time I'll say, could not be prouder of this Houston Rockets team. And love watching Chris Paul, and hope these guys come back next year because I'd love to see what they could do. Hopefully, with everybody healthy, you know, you gotta get, you gotta have health. I mean, I agree with you about Chris Paul, a great player and everything like that. And even earlier in the show, when I was saying, do you even think about resigning him? Maybe you know that's. Look, the Rockets are going to do that. He deserves it. He's a great guy. He deserves to have a contract. He's just like, will he take max money? Will uh, can he? If LeBron can come here, can he take less? Do that. But he's a team guy. He's he wants to win a championship. He wants to do whatever is necessary. And I really feel bad for the guy. Look, I mean, there's. I don't care if you're not a Houston Rockets fan. You may hate the Houston Rockets, but you want to see the best players play in the NBA. And it's just a darn shame that you get to the NBA. Western Conference Finals, and the Rockets are there up 3-2, and Chris Paul has done everything in his power to win, like you said, the Rocky element, to win games four and five, and then the poor guy has to sit out game six and game seven, can't even play in it. Nobody would say, if everybody, you know if the shoe was on the other foot, oh, well, Steph Curry's not playing, oh, the Rockets won, well, because Steph Curry wasn't playing. It's like nobody's saying that, oh, well, Golden State won, but Chris Paul was on the bench. Well, that was a huge moment 
in the series because when the Rockets had Chris Paul on the floor, they were up in the series three to two. They won a game in gold uh, up in Oakland. Uh, they won the uh, game five in Houston. And so then they go over there. You figure with one of these two games that Chris Paul and the, what he can do. And we saw it even in the ga- previous series. I mean, he willed the team to win whether it was against the the Utah Jazz, remember that? I mean, he was just like, I'm not going to have this series drag on any longer. I mean, Chris Paul said, we're going to the Western Conference Finals, jump on my shoulders. I mean, this guy did everything in the postseason. That's why that's why it's so heartbreaking. But I've also seen this before, unfortunately. Saw it in Los Angeles. Just those teams with the, the Clippers. It was like Chris Paul, whenever something would happen, just... He just is injury prone. So, I mean, just being realistic, if you're the general manager of the Houston Rockets, if you want to build a champion, of course you want to have Chris Paul on that team. That's why I'm saying you find the best way to put the the team together. If you can bring LeBron in and do that and have that and and find out the best components and, 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 and to find a way to do it and have Chris Paul and James Harden and Clint Capella, that's what I'm saying. And add to that with LeBron James, of course, or some other you know, great super. If LeBron James goes elsewhere, we sign the Cleveland, then find some other superstar to bring in. But what you can't really count on again is like I think it was great for this season. Second best player being, uh, you know, or second person to go along with James Harden being Chris Paul. But it's almost got to be, you know, not any knock to Chris Paul. He's a superstar, but you almost need that third superstar, star type player to come in, be that guy to, to be on this team, and also, you know, hopefully won't be an injury prone player. Because you just don't know if he's going to be able to play. And that means rounding out the roster. And like you said, the contracts that we've discussed and everything, too. So, I mean, Daryl Morey has his work cut out for him. But, you know, we still believe. And, and again, uh, kudos to Chris Paul, to James Harden, to the, the, the coaching staff. I mean, the, uh, for a great season again. As Mike D'Antoni said at the end of this one, Game 7, quote, it's like they say, it's a make-or-miss league. They made them, and we missed them. Thanks again for listening, and if you're new to the show, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. If you have an Android device, download our free Houston Sports Talk app. You can keep up with this show and my daily Locked On Texans podcast on Twitter and Facebook or by going to HoustonSportsTalk.net or LockedOnTexans.com.